Good evening, everyone. Um, it's so good to see you. I'm thoroughly excited, so I've just got to like calm down. Um, that's virtually impossible for me, though. And um, as you'll see from the screen, we're in the middle of a series. God, do you know him? God is dot dot dot. Um, Hills kicked off the series. She talked about God is Lord, and then I think we had God is righteousness. God is healer. And tonight, we are looking at the topic, God is a jealous God. So I got the good one to do. Um, It's been really great preparing for the talk. It's a hard one because as soon as um, I got the title through, I started to make it my daily prayer. God, show me what it means that you are jealous. And God, show me anything that needs to change in my life. And he's been working on me the whole month. And so I will share some of those little things he's been doing later on. But um, as I was doing my research, I was really inspired by a few different preachers and teachers, so I just want to acknowledge them at the start. Rick Warren, he's got some great teaching on this subject. One of our mission partners, uh, Simon Gilbard, he really inspired me, and a, a good friend of mine, Sarah Lang, so I just acknowledge them as an influence on this talk tonight. But um, the biggest influence has to be the Bible, And then the Holy Spirit speaking into us for a change in our lives. And that's what I've experienced this last month, as I've also, whatever it's been, the last few weeks. Um, And I want to pray that tonight, am I really echoing? I am, keep going? Okay, keep going. Um, I have been praying that you will get a revelation of Jesus, God as the jealous God. But not only that, but that you will allow him to speak into your hearts tonight and show you anything that he might want to change. So just to give you um, a bit of a background, um, Tim gave me the passage from Exodus 34 verses 10 to 14. It'll be coming up on the screen in just a moment. But a bit of uh, the background to this is that Moses has received the Ten Commandments. And then guess what? Their people are not obeying them and they're following other gods. And they get a calf, a golden calf, and they start to worship the golden calf. And then Moses, this is in really simple terms now, goes back to God and says, God, you know, have mercy on the people. They're not following you. And then God responds. And we pick it up in um, chapter 34, Exodus chapter 34, verse 10, uh, where the Lord responds. So I'll read it to you. Then the Lord said, I'm making a covenant with you. Before all your people, I will do wonders never before done in any nation in all the world. The people you live amongst will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. Obey what I command you today. I will drive out before you the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Pezrites, the Hivites, the Jesuits. Don't know if I've said them all right, but there they are. And be careful not to make treaty with those who live in the land where you are going, or they will be a snare among you. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, cut down their Asherah poles. Do not worship any other god, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. I think there's a little bit more, but we're going to stick primarily tonight at verse 14, which said, Do not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Now, I'll let you into a little secret. There's two main types of jealousy in this world. One of them can be characterized by a thing or being called 
the green-eyed monster? Has anybody heard of the green-eyed monster? Yeah, unhealthy, ugly-looking jealousy. Now, that's not the primary focus of our talk tonight, but I just want to touch on that for a moment so we can distinguish between what is good jealousy and what is really unhealthy jealousy. So if we look at unhealthy jealousy, first of all, and the green-eyed monster, some of you know me, some of you don't, but um, I hate it when the green-eyed monster raises its ugly head in my life. And it can start with like really simple things like, um, you know, wishing that I was a size eight when I look at somebody else. I think, oh gosh, don't they look gorgeous? And I'm a little bit jealous, green-eyed monster. Or it might be like the band. I've got like gifts from God, but I'm telling you something. One of them is not singing or music. I've always wanted to learn to play the violin. I love listening to the violin. I would love to be musical. I am not at all musical. When I was in school, at the Christmas play, my, my teacher said to me, Marie, maybe it would be best if you mind the words, it scarred me for life. It scarred me. Anyway, I am not musical. So sometimes I sit, we've got an amazing violinist in the mornings and she plays. I think, oh God, why? Why didn't you give me that gift? A little bit of um, jealousy, green-eyed monster. Some things can be um, a bit more serious than that. Some of you will know our son passed away. One of my struggles sometimes is if I'm not in the right headspace, being really honest now, I can get really jealous of people who have big families. Really jealous. Because I, I would have liked a bigger family. And um, so this, this unhealthy jealousy can rise up and I have to do something with that. And um, we're not really teaching on that, but I thought for free, I better tell you how to handle that. Um, the thing about unhealthy jealousy, you have to own it. You have to name it. You have to say, I am jealous of this. And God, it is like a green-eyed monster or something like that. And um, then you have to say, God, I don't want to be like that anymore. Please help me. Please take this from me. And then there's two things that I do. I don't know if it will help you, but two things that I do is and I start to thank. I start to thank God for all the good things in my life rather than focusing on somebody else's life and I start to thank him. And then once I've done that, I'm in a better headspace and then I can do the next thing, which is I start to bless those that have what I would really long for. Sometimes that is really tricky and... Um, but you just you can't have the green-eyed monster in your life. It's just like no good. So when you think about like jealousy, and, and you might have different things that you unhealthy jealousy in your life. And now, in four quick steps, you know how to deal with it. But um, this cannot be the type of jealousy that is referred to when we're speaking about God. God has no space for the green-eyed monster in his life. So there must be another type of jealousy that we need to look at tonight. And that is called what I'm going to call righteous, just jealousy. Because God, by his nature, cannot have ungodly, unhealthy jealousy in his life. The first type of jealousy is really what the Apostle Paul talks about in the book of um, Galatians, chapter 5, verse 20, I think it is, where it talks about the acts of the flesh. It says, don't, and it lists jealousy. It says, don't have jealousy in your life. Instead, live by the Spirit. So that's the unhealthy stuff. But what's the healthy kind of jealousy um, that God has? So we know that for us, this is a key point now, 
For us, most of the time, our jealousy is about us wanting something that somebody else has. It might be a literal possession. It might be an opportunity that they have. It might be the money they have, the holiday they have, the family they have. But with God, it's very, very different because what he is jealous for is what is already his. It doesn't belong to anybody else. It belongs to him. He's not jealous for something that you have. He is jealous for what is his because we are his and everything in this world was created by him and for him he is jealous for his honor for his glory for his worship for you but it never belonged to us in the first place it always belonged to him so God is jealous um, for what is already his now when we look at that passage in Exodus it's linked with another key word, okay? Verse 14, if we split it into two parts, 14a says, do not worship any other gods. 14b says, why? Because the Lord your God is a jealous God. So we're going to look at these two things with the remainder of our time tonight. Firstly, three things that God is... I put two fingers then, that is a bit wrong. Uh, three things that God is jealous for. And then we're going to look at the other part of the verse, the idols in our life that separate us from him, that make him jealous in a righteous way for us. So let's backtrack a bit. First of all, righteous jealousy. Think of it like this. A husband and a wife, right? They come together, they get married, they're really, really happy. They're in an exclusive relationship. So some man comes along, starts flirting with the woman. What happens? The husband, he gets mad, right? Right? Because he should get mad because that's his wife. And um, it's a righteous jealousy. And God is like that with us. He is like a jealous husband that wants us and wants to be first in our life. So, cracking on. Number one, God is jealous for you and he's jealous for me, for his creation. He loves us, he made us, he's passionate about us, and, um, and he has to be first. He has to be first in our lives because he loves us. His jealousy is motivated out of a love for us. He wants nothing, nothing, nothing to separate us from him. And, um, you know, the Bible tells us in, in Matthew um, chapter 22 that we should love him with all of our heart, with all of our strength, with all of our minds, with all of our being. And that, that's the kind of love that God wants uh, from us. And he pours his love onto us. Now, um, if you know my family, you know I have an amazing husband. Uh, I say the best in the world. Um, and I love him with all of my heart. But I've got to tell you something. He has to come number two in my life. Because there's someone that has to come number one, and that is God, because God is jealous for me. He's given me Dan. He's blessed me with the family, and these are all gifts from him. But it's not about the things or the people. It's about the place that they have. Who's number one? God is jealous to be number one in your life. And... Um, I love Dan, but he's always got to be number two. God always has to be number one. Now, if you know my family at all, you also know that I have 
the cutest little five-year-old. She's called Chloe. In our house, we call her clever, cute, cute Chloe, and she is all of those things. And um, we have this thing in our house um, where we really believe in uh, the power of words and the power of affirmation. So when we, Dan and I got married, we just made a commitment that each day we would tell each other that we loved one another because we thought that's just an important thing to do. I know it does... Um, involved buying me flowers and chocolate, taking me on nice holidays too, but we did think that words were really powerful. And so if you're around us at all, you will see that we say this to each other a lot. And sometimes Chloe will say, Mom, not now, not now, there's other people around. So she's only five, already get embarrassed by us. So we say this a lot, you know, we love you, Chloe, I love you. And she'll say to me, Mom, you've told me a hundred times today, you love me. I got it. I'm like, Chloe, I'll just tell you one more time. I love you, babe. And it's a bit like that in our home. But we also do this other thing. You might think this is a bit silly, but this is how we roll. Um, it's we, she's into games. Actually, she's into telling really bad Christmas cracker jokes. But she kind of likes a little game and you say something and someone says something back. And so um, we, we do this thing in our home. Every, virtually every day, we always say, Chloe, who loves you the most? Who is it, Chloe? Is it mommy? Is it daddy? Is it grandma? Is it nanny? Who loves you the most, Chloe? And with a big smile on her face, she say, Mum, it's none of those. God loves me the most. We trained her. We trained her well. And, um, and uh, so if you ask her that question, she says something different. She's just playing up, okay, because she knows the real answer. And, um, and then we'll say to her, and, and you'll hear this if you, if you hang around with us, we'll always say, and who do you need to love most, Chloe? And she'll say, Mum, even above you, I've got to love God. And um, right from an early age, we want that just to be a thing in our home, that that's a foundation stone, that's as well as we are completely thankful and grateful for each other and the gift that we are to each other, that God always is number one. And he wants to be number one in your life because he loves you. When we were in the worship, I was like crying. I was thinking, oh no, I'm crying. I'm going on the stage. Stop crying. Stop crying. But what I was crying at is I had this beautiful image of like God running towards us. Because he loves us. Because he loves us. Because he loves us. So, number one, he's jealous for his creation, you and me. Number two, and they're a bit shorter, these next two. Um, he is jealous for his deity. Now, by that, I mean he is the one true living God. Our God is not made of wood or stone or clay that cannot speak or is powerless. He's the mighty God. As the trailer said, I, I am a Pentecostal at heart, but I'm not going to try and repeat that. But he is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the one true God. And all other gods need to fall down before him because he is the living God. That is who he is. And he is jealous for that. He is jealous for his deity. Thirdly, and they're kind of interlinked, God is jealous for his glory. I love that new song that we're singing that talks about not to us, but to your name. It's um, from Psalm 115 verse 1. It says, not to us, O God, but to your name be all the honor and glory. And I think that we need to be really careful because sometimes we can be so self-sufficient and we can think the things that we do and the things that we are are all because of us. Let's have a reality check. Everything that we have, everything that we are, it all comes from the generous hand of God. 
every breath that you take. And anything that you think is good in your life, it's good because of the goodness of God in your life. So he's jealous for his creation, he's jealous for his deity, and he's jealous for his glory. There's other things he's jealous for, but there's just three for you tonight. So that's the second half of the verse. But what about the first half of the verse when we are told, before we're told that he's a jealous God, we're told, do not worship any other gods. And um, I don't know about you, uh, but in my home, in my lounge, there are lots of toys, but there definitely isn't a golden calf. I don't have some like statue that I go to or some special stones that I'm carrying around and worshipping. That's not the case in the Hobbes household. But I'm telling you something, that in our hearts and in our lives, sometimes there are these idols, and they need to come down, and they need to be submissive to God. And they, they don't look shiny like a, a golden calf, but they are there, and they're very real, and they're very real in our society. Some people, they're worshipping other things and other people that they just even don't have time to think about God. So idolatry, worshipping other gods, other idols... It's not that the things, this is a key point, I think it's going to come up on a slide. Log this, everyone. These things aren't necessarily bad things. They just don't deserve first place in your life. And they are definitely not to be worshipped. When you think about idols, it's not a case that God says, oh, you know, like, um, you've got a family and you, they're so important to you. That's a gift from God. But it's just, is that the most important thing? It's God first. So an idol, it can look like a car. I'm not after a Ferrari. I just want a little black Golf. Uh, that's on my little tick list. But, uh, or it can look like your house. You can be like, so consumed with having a bigger house. But God might be saying, no, I want you to invest your money in another way. Don't get that bigger house because I want you to do this. And you're all wrapped up in getting a bigger house or making your house look beautiful. I think it's great that we have homes that are you know, warm and welcoming and, and look nice. But not if that's above what God's wanting to do or what God's saying. You know, it's, um, they're not bad things, it's just the place. If you forget everything else, this is the key message. Idols are things that aren't bad, but it's just they're in the wrong place. And God's then jealous of that because they're taking you away from him. So it could be a house. It could be your job. It could be a relationship. That can be a hard one. It could be sport. I know there's loads of sports fans in the room. Sport is good. Let me just say, in Trinity, sport is good. But not if it's dragging you away from God. Facebook, it's, I don't know if it's good, but it's, it's fine. But if it's dragging you away from God, then it can become an idol. Just on a practical note, in our house, we regularly have fast from Facebook just to create a bit of extra time to spend with God. Um, if you're too, too busy to pray, Switch off your phone because you'll find some time. I'm speaking to myself as well. So it could be sport. It could be money. It could be fashion. It could be your course that you're on. You could be so consumed with the course that you're on that you're not putting God first. Or your job, your own business. So wanting to build your business, but you can't commit to coming to your life group or coming to church or you know, God's speaking to you about something and you're like, not this week, God because I'm just doing this. It's about the place in your life. So, 
just to help me in this for the next five minutes before we close, four little areas that we can maybe ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us about tonight. First one, let's have them up on the screen. They all start with P. Clever, right? So, people, are there any relationships or friendships in your life that have become too important and are in the number one place when they should be in the number two place? As we were preparing, I was preparing, I was horrified. I asked God, what are the idols in my life right now? And God spoke to me about a friendship that I have. It's a really godly, good, helpful friendship. And God said to me, you've got a little bit secure about this person being in your life. And they need to come back into number two place. I didn't even realize. So I just simply had to say, God, thank you for this wonderful friendship. Just acknowledge that my security is in you. People possessions is there anything that you want or you have that is more important than God what about the m word I can't think of a p to go with this but what about the m word money right you know in our house let you into secret I grew up in like a Pentecostal revival Pentecostal movement they talk about money all the time for free I'll tell you why they talk about money all the time one because they believe that if you can give your money and surrender your money to God everything else is easy because money is the hard one and also because they believe that money finances the kingdom of God and we want to see the kingdom of God advancing so money is a big deal so I've grown up like believing in tithing I've grown up um, believing in like putting some money aside each month to give to other things and it's just a joy to do that so that's just a part of our everyday life and um Whilst I was preparing for this, we got some unexpected money. It's quite good, really, because our computer had broke. We're going on a holiday, and we'd, you know, money was a little bit tight. And um, I kind of think that I'm generally quite generous, but I'm not, because we got this money, and I was standing in the lounge, and Dan said to me, uh, Maria, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, maybe we could give some money. And before he'd even finished the sentence, do you know what came out of my mouth? I went, Give! Literally, that's what I said. I went, give. Um, and he went, yeah, give. We can buy the computer that we need, but maybe we can give some of this money. And then I had to start laughing at myself because I was like, oh, I thought I was generous. I'm so not. And um, I had to like, say, God, this is your money. What do you want to do with the money? Let you know into secret. He let us buy the computer, but he did have other plans for some of the other money. Um, but what about you? Is your money surrendered to God? I thought mine was, but obviously not. Needed a little bit of correction there. Um, thirdly, your passions. What are you spending your time on? Is it sport? Is it music? Is it your education? Um, none of those things are wrong, are they? But he needs to be first and finally your plans what are your plans what are your hopes what are your dreams are you chugging ahead and not really thinking of him he's jealous for you he is jealous for you for your time your attention your money your affection he is jealous for you Final story. Um, when we moved from Norwich back to Cheltenham, I just presumed that because you know we went to a Pentecost church, we would end up at the Pentecostal church in Gloucester, and that was my plan. And I kept on saying to Dan, 
you know, that's where we should be going, Dan. And then uh, Dan is more prayerful than me. And he said, Ray, I've been praying. And uh, God has told me that we need to go to Trinity Cheltenham. And I was like, they're Anglicans. That was my first response. And um, he's like, yeah. And um, I was like, well, Dan, don't you think we should be going to Gloucester to the Pentecost Church, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, I don't. And um, everyone thinks because I'm the vocal one that I rule the roost in the house, so not the case. Uh, he's like, you just need to um, be praying about that. And then, boom, that was that. And I was like, mm, 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 and muttering away to myself. Anyway, it comes to Easter weekend. He said, look, Mary, we've been a few times. I knew it was a good church. been really helpful to me on the times I'd visited. But, you know, being an Anglican, I was like, really? Um, and anyway... Um, we came on the Good Friday service. Um, Mark preached a storm of a message. It was very powerful. And then um, there was a worship song at the end. I can't remember the name of the song, but there's a line in it. And it says, and I will worship you here. It is like an arrow in my heart. And I just knew that I knew that God wanted me in this place. And I said, okay, God, I've got a plan to go to Gloucester and do this and do that and blah, blah, blah. You've got a different plan, and it's Trinity thank, uh, Cheltenham, and I am very thankful for that plan now, but I wasn't at the time. Uh, anyway, so um, all of your plans need to be surrendered to God. Why? Because he's jealous for you, and he needs to be first. That's it. We've got one minute left of my time, um, and that's the max of my time. So I'm finishing, and I'm finishing by saying, I really believe that God wants to do some heart surgery. Um, I really believe that he loves us, that he loves us, that he loves us. And he's jealous for us, and he wants all of us. And very simply, tonight, we need to surrender to him.